Without watching it like it's the coolest thing in the world. Well, I'm doing it now, baby. I'm doing it now. Can I win? I'm gonna throw the choke at the top. It's like Zaya Yeah. Oh, Fucking lost before I met the end guy. Fuck. I'm fucking canceling this channel because of that. Y'all. Why you should not sleep at random people's houses? Sleeping at a friend's house, a colleague's house, or just anyone's house might not seem to be a problem for anyone. The truth is that it's very dangerous to sleep in a house that you are not sure of what the people believe in. The Bible told us that we must pray continually. But the truth is that we must not just pray without observing with our physical eyes. That is why the Bible says in Matthew chapter 20 that watch and pray, yea, enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. It is important that we watch. We must not agree to do things just because they seem cool. We must not agree to do things just because we want to fit in. Many evil things are happening around the world. This world is an evil place. And unfortunately, a lot of believers don't recognize this. They live in their little bubble of security. Fathers and mothers, you must be on guard at all times for your family. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to be watchful and be prayerful. The Bible says, be vigilant in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. You must be awake at all times because there are people who only get closer to you because they want to destroy you. If you are not vigilant, you might end up sleeping in the wrong house. There are many stories where people have slept at their friend's house and something bad happened to them. There were some that were forced into drugs and they were affected. This is the time that we must caution ourselves and know what we take and what we don't take as Christians. What are the reasons why you should never sleep at random people's houses? Number one, bad influence. We're not going to condemn anyone or judge anyone because we know that many teenagers, youths, or adults you see out there involved in crimes, drugs, the kinds of evil started because they were influenced by the people they spend most of the time with. Show me your friends and I will show you your future. At a church, my father used to pastor a teenager got in trouble at school and because he feared his dad's reaction. He ran to his friend's house. 
At his friend's house, the cousin of his friend was there, and that cousin was bad news. From there, he started becoming comfortable with his friend's cousin. Later, he was introduced to drugs. He started doing things that were not good. He was initiated into a gang. This boy could have been better if he had not got associated with his friend's cousin. As a parent, you need to know your children's friends. If you don't, that is bad parenting. We aren't happy seeing what children are becoming at this time. We are not happy that teenagers are now sleeping in jail because they're involved in things that are illegal. But most of these things started by sleeping at a friend's place. The second reason is evil. Many people have been killed by those they call their friends while sleeping. Many evils have been done on different people just for sleeping at a friend's house. It's not enough to pray and then agree to sleep where you ought not to sleep. You need to watch. Your friend is a drug addict. You have been trying to change him, but he isn't changing. He invites you to sleep over. Is that for a prayer meeting? You need to open your eyes and watch. We are in a wicked world, a world filled with evil, and it manifests day and night. God will always keep you out of evil by giving you signs. And if you fail to open your eyes to see these signs, you might fall into a pit that'll swallow you. Some stories tell... Welcome to Celebrity Pong League. There's a lot of great people playing on the show. They're all going to get their ass whipped either way. <laughs> This is a dirty game already. people have gone missing or killed when they visit friends. Are these stories not enough to make us open our eyes and observe everything going on around us physically and spiritually? You cannot go to sleep if you're trying to change them. All you can do is pray for them and God will change them. The devil is going to do all he can to make us fall into these traps. He is pushing his agendas to make us fall into these traps. In case we don't know, the devil knows how to disguise too. He knows how to appear to you like an angel and make you believe in him. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 14 through 15, And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers are also transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. If the devil Satan can disguise as an angel, you should know that he has people who can come to you as an angel too. If you see any preacher that tells you you must be filled with the Holy Spirit and the spirit of discernment, this is one of the reasons. People are out there to destroy you. You must be able to identify them even if they are putting on sheep clothing. The third and most important reason is the spirits in their house. This is the number one thing you must always think of before you sleep in anyone's house. What spirit rules there? What spirit torment them there? What are they worshiping there, consciously or unconsciously? You came from a Christian home with 
with prayer and holiness. Your house is filled with the Holy Spirit. When your house is filled with the Holy Spirit, what will come out of your house can never be evil. Greatness will always come out of your house. Joy, peace, love, and all good things from above will fill your house. In a place where the Holy Spirit does not exist, evil abounds. In that place, you see different kinds of evil and demonic spirit ruling. In some families, it might be the spirit of anger, the spirit of hatred, the spirit of lust, the spirit of wickedness. Many spirits like that from the pit of hell will fill the house. This is not a place you should ever think of sleeping because these spirits will attack you so much. You will realize that the spirit of lust is battling with you. You will see that the spirit of anger is knocking at the door of your life. Everything you see there will make you full of hatred. These spirits will attack you. They will not leave you even if you leave the house. They will start looking for the perfect time to strike, except you carry the Holy Spirit in you, and He is working in you. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. He knows everything, and He will always tell you what to do in any situation. He will tell you where you should stay and where you should never. The Holy Spirit is in your home. You can be sure that you are a carrier. And that means that in the house where there is the Holy Spirit or where the Spirit of God does not exist, the people there will carry different spirits in their lives. Many homes are being haunted by demons. People are being tortured by demons in their houses and these demons are looking for new people to come in so they can make them their victims too. I remember a testimony of a mother who told me about her adult daughter, who whilst she was visiting a friend's house, as she slept peacefully at night, her daughter was literally pulled out, yanked out of her bedsheet, and into the corridor, and she looked around and the figure disappeared before her very eyes. How can we explain these occurrences? Because the truth is there are people who genuinely experience paranormal activity. You don't need to sleep in houses like this before you make your presence known to these spirits and demons. If you're carrying power in your presence, these demons will be terrorized. Are you at this level yet? If you are not, this is the level that God wants you to operate. This is who God wants you to be, a powerful being. If you appear, every form of evil must run. Even if you choose to sleep in a house, no evil will stand the night. Jesus slept in people's houses and his presence was felt. If you are a Christian, this is what you should be. Sleeping at people's houses should be deliverance to the people in the house. It should be deliverance to the house itself. It should bring the presence of God to that house. This is why you need every prayer for the hotel room you sleep in. So many people pass through those rooms, and you don't know what has happened in those rooms. We need the power of God in our lives. It is not totally about where you sleep. It's also about what you're carrying in you. A woman slept at her friend's house one day, and in the night, she woke up and felt strange movements. She was immediately in the spirit and started praying with fire in her. The friend woke up while she was praying, and suddenly, they both heard a shout from nowhere and an appearance of a shadow running. That night, this woman expelled a demon that has been in that house for long. In the morning, her friend told her about how the demon has been tormenting in her sleep. From that day, the house became free from demons. Do you have that power in you? Can you sleep in a place and they will feel your presence? It is not good to sleep at a random house. But do you have power in you to deliver people from evil spirit is oppressing them in their house? 
We need to be filled with power to know where to sleep and where we should never sleep. There are some demons that you can expel and cast out easily, but there are some demons that are ready for war and won't leave easily. And to deal with these types, you need to have the power of the Lord. There was a time where the disciples could not cast out a demon, but Jesus could. They asked him why they couldn't. Matthew chapter 17, verses 19 through 21. Then the disciples came to Jesus apart and said, Why could we not cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, If ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting is so important to us. Be careful where you sleep and where you allow your children to go sleep. Having understood the reality of the spiritual world, as believers we need to know that we can influence it through fasting and prayer. You have the power to influence the spiritual world through prayer. Do you understand the power you have? But yet, we neglect prayer. When you pray, you may not always be aware of what is happening, but be encouraged by the Bible that your prayers are affecting things in the unseen world. A battle is raging, and our prayers are shifting things in the heavenlies. We must persevere in seeking God. We must persevere in prayer and interceding for His kingdom to come and will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Whether we realize it or not, our prayers are changing things in the spiritual world. And one of the keys for prevailing prayer is steadfast perseverance. Like Daniel, we must set our hearts toward the Lord and press through until the answer comes. Now I am asking you, why don't you take your prayer life more seriously? Whether we realize it or not, our prayers are changing things in the spiritual world. We need to know that we can influence it through fasting and prayer. However, we would appreciate our ability to control the spirit's realm better when we discover who we are in Christ. Ephesians 1 verse 19 to 23 establishes that Christ has been glorified and is now sitting at the right hand side of God in the heavenly places, the third heaven above principalities and powers. Now, in Colossians 2, verse 10, the Bible says, And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. This means that believers' positions in the heavenly places is exactly where Jesus is. We have a higher position in the spirit realm as believers, than demon spirits. Our 
Authority as believers can be fully exercised when we engage in fasting and prayer. Begin to use your authority. Stop allowing the devil to push you around. Every idle word will be judged. The Bible repeatedly tells us that one day our lives will be examined. Matthew chapter 12 verse 36 says, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse 14 says, For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. Jude chapter 1 verses 14 through 15 says, it was also about these that Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment on all and to convict all the ungodly of all their deeds of ungodliness that they have committed in such an ungodly way and of all the harsh things that ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Revelation chapter 20 verse 12 says, and I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books, according to what they had done. And Romans chapter 2, verse 16 says, On that day, when according to my gospel, God judges the secrets of men by Christ Jesus. Judgment day is a day you cannot avoid. You can avoid coming to church, you can avoid reading your Bible, you can avoid me, you can even avoid your own responsibility. But the Bible makes it clear to us there is an appointment that you and I cannot avoid. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27 says, And just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment. Either by death or by the second coming of Jesus, everyone will appear on the judgment day to be judged according to his deed, action, and words when he was on earth. Judgment day is not an event anyone has choice and freedom to attend or not, but a day that is appointed to all men to receive his reward of everything he has done, either good or bad. So I want to ask you today, are you aware of the things our life will be reviewed on? Today we are going to focus on one of them. Let us look at the words of Jesus. Matthew chapter 12 verses 36 through 37 says, But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. A lot of people think of words as smoke and mirrors. So people speak thoughtlessly and think that doesn't matter. God sees it differently and has revealed it to us differently in the Bible. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 36, there are two crucial words in this verse. The first word is the word idle. It comes from the root Greek word argos. It means not busy, idle, inactive, doing nothing. When we apply it as Jesus did here in Matthew chapter 12, verse 36, it has the idea of careless or casual words. Our second word, account, comes from the Greek word apodiomi, which means to give an answer. Jesus is saying that everyone will have to give God an answer for even their casual comments. According to the undergraduate biology research program, 
The average person uses around 16,000 words per day. That is 112,000 words per week. That is 448,000 words per month. And that is 5,280,000 words per year. That is 52,800,000 words per decade. All the while, a record of each of these words is being kept. I don't know how God keeps account of the words of every single person, but there is a record. On Judgment Day, God will not only examine the best parts of your life, but he will be digging into the details of your life. Every word, every decision, every action, and every thought. This is why we should be careful with our words. The scripture enlightens us vividly about how the Judgment Day will be. There is two parts to follow. A part will entail those who have accepted Jesus Christ as God's gift of eternal life and have strong faith in him. John chapter 5 verses 22 through 23 says, For the Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son, that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. This is where Jesus will examine each believer's words and works and determine what rewards will be given or withheld in eternity. This is referred to in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. That judgment does not determine eternal destiny, nor can a believer lose their salvation there. This is referred to in John chapter 10, verse 28, saying, I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. The second part is where the non-believers will be judged on their own self-righteousness and come short of accomplishing being God's preferred. We see this in Romans chapter 3, verse 23. This is frequently referred to as the white throne judgment. When Jesus returns, we will be accountable for every action and word. This also includes every careless word we've spoken. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10 says... For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. It is our Lord who spoke this word. Let's ponder his warning. He forgets not a single one of our words, even if we forget many. Do you remember every word you spoke last week? Talking is a gift, but also a great responsibility. We have forgotten what we said or talked about with one of our fellow human beings. But God did not forget it. He wrote it down. What a harvest awaits us on Judgment Day. There is persuasiveness in speech. An influence can emanate from it that inflicts blows, leaves deep marks, and has long-lasting consequences. In the person concerned, the spoken words remain like a moral poison that makes him sad, torments him, and brings him into the inner darkness those guilty of it will not go unpunished. We easily forget, but God forgets nothing. What we have forgotten continues to do its harmful work. Those who have harmed the reputation of others through slander can keep a good reputation themselves, sing spiritual songs, and take the sacrament. But do you see the profanation, superficiality, and hypocrisy that lies in it as God sees it? What to do? We must be so overwhelmed by the recognition of our guilt that we learn to be silent once and for all and listen to what God says. But I tell you that on the day of judgment, people must give an account of every idle word they say have spoken. There are things that we can and must fix, 
primarily with the people we harmed and also with those we talked to. But, and this is very serious, there is an injustice that we cannot undo. I want to watch my ways so that I do not sin with my tongue. I will keep my mouth in check. Lord, put a watch on my mouth, said David, referenced in Psalm 39, verse 2, and Psalm 141, verse 3. And it is said of the Lord Jesus that words of grace came out of his mouth, referenced in Luke chapter 4, verse 22. Words tell you whether someone has a good or a bad heart, but it is the heart that justifies or condemns us before God. Today, on the day of repentance, let us search our hearts. We only need to ask what kind of fruit it produces out of our mouth. What do we have to compare our words with? Are they rotten eggs that we throw at others, with which we shame, annoy, and humiliate them? Or are they pieces of jewelry we adorn and honor our fellow human beings? Are our words clubs that we hit others over the head with? Or are they like an ointment that heals wounds? In any case, our words show something of what our hearts are like. We should always have it at the back of our mind that every word and action counts on the judgment day. There won't be any reason to justify our words, but all will be charged either to our favor or against us. We have the choice to decide now and be cautious and watchful of any idle word. You will have to stand before him, and on that day, will you regret the words that you spoke aimlessly? God wants us to be intentional in the things we say. If life and death are in the power of the tongue, we must not be frivolous with our words. We must weigh the things we say before we aim them at another person, or before we aim them at ourselves. We are told that as good members of the kingdom, we are commanded to avoid all empty, vain, useless, idle talk, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness. 2 Timothy 2, verse 16. Now let us look at murmuring and complaining. Proverbs 19, verse 3. When a man's folly brings his way to ruin, his heart rages against the Lord. At the beginning of our deliberation on words, it was mentioned that we speak out of the fullness of the heart. If we persist in idleness, the emptiness of speech, and foolish conversation, ruin lies in our way. Folly seldom goes without consequences. Okay, some may argue that it is okay to sometimes complain, but that is not true for the child of God. The happenstances of life may bring us into some hardship. Even in these situations, we must exercise self-control and restraint. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 9 and 10. Let us not test Christ as some of them did and were destroyed by snakes, nor should complain as some of them did. 
We have the murmuring of the children of Israel as an example that God despises a raging heart and murmuring lips. Numbers 11 verse 1 posits. Fucking pussy so hard, and niggas is taking the fucking rookie road. 
scars in your mind and you're mad I don't feel bad or hell you don't know you and you feel the same way about me but you had the first feelings and I'm the one that rejected because I only love bitches when they do that method.